There he goes. One of God's own prototypes. A high-powered mutant of some kind never even considered for mass production. Too weird to live, and too rare to die. Welcome to episode 84 of the Digital Freemason Podcast for the week of April 14th, 2008. I'm your host, Scott, and I'll be taking you along my excellent adventures through the world of short and sonic educational papers. This and all other papers are available at the website www.thedigitalfreemason.com. I encourage you to swing by and take a look at them. So this week's episode comes, well, it sort of came through an email. Someone had stumbled onto this paper and thought it was pretty good. I thought I would include it in the repertoire, so to speak. And again, what I found, have found in the, my years in Freemasonry is that there's still a lot of things that are done that I really don't know the reason why. Uh, this is no exception. It talks about the um, Order of the Golden Fleece, which is part of the uh, apron lecture in the first degree. It talks about what the Golden, the Golden Fleece is, the Roman Eagle, the Star and Garter, but this one focuses primarily on the Golden Fleece. I don't know who it was that wrote it, but we'll kind of get going on it here and give some sort of yeah, an interpretation as to why it is that we should all be proud of being given a lambskin apron as a mason and just why it is or at least what the golden fleece was in comparison as to why it's greater than the, uh, than the golden fleece. So here we go, a little bit of an explanation as to the order of the golden fleece. My brother, I now have the pleasure of presenting you with a lambskin or white leather apron. It is an emblem of innocence and the badge of a mason. More ancient than the golden fleece or Roman eagle more honorable than the Star and Garter, or any other order that can be conferred upon you at this or any future period by king, prince, potentate, or any other person except he be a mason. Upon hearing these words, do we ever wonder just what that named honor betokes? The Star and Garter is an honor bestowed by the English crown, and the Roman Eagle is a mystery to me. The Golden Fleece references and brings to mind three different experiences. The first is biblical. In the book of Judges, it is recorded that Gideon had, has been directed to enter into battle of the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east. While Gideon is familiar with the sound of the trumpet and calls together various tribes of Israel to engage the enemy, he has some reservations about the forthcoming battle. So, in effect, he puts God to the test about God's promise that Gideon will prevail. In the scripture text, there is an account of the miracles of the sheep's fleece, consisting in the dew having fallen at one time on the fleece laid out by Gideon without any dew on the ground about, and at another time with the fleece remaining dry while the ground was wet with the morning dew. Since this is an account of doubt and the failure to trust in God's word, it is doubtful that the writers of our Masonic ritual were thinking of Gideon's fleece as they composed a particular piece of ritual related to our pristine aprons emblems of innocence and badges of great honor. The second is mythological. Sure, many of us have heard or have read of the valiant efforts of Jason and the Argonauts to reclaim Jason's throne stolen from him by his wicked cousin. The entire epic poem tells of the many dangers and trials encountered by these brave men pledged to one another. In reading this great poem, the treacherous intrigues entered into by the pagan gods, the deceit of humans, the lying of one another, 
the dishonor brought upon families because of lust, murder, and mayhem, it is hard to believe and conceive that the great ritual writers had this account of the Golden Fleece as a basis for their bestowal of the apron on a newly initiated brother. Therefore, our inquiry leads to further investigation of the Imperial Order of the Golden Fleece of the Holy Roman Empire. Interestingly, the founder of this order looked to both the previously discussed references, however, lifting them both to a higher spiritual plane through contemporaneous interpretations to achieve acceptance by the sovereign. It was during the marriage of celebration uh, for Duke Philip the Good and his third wife, Prince Isabella of Portugal, on January 1st, 1430, that the Herald of Flanders announced to the assembled guests that his master, his most serene and powerful prince and lord, the Duke of Burgundy, Count of Flanders and Artois, Palgrave of Namur, had founded a new order, the Order of the Golden Fleece. The first ceremonial meeting of this order occurred on November 30th, 1431. On the fest day of the Apostle Andrew, patron saint of the House of Burgundy, and now of the new order. At the time, the regulations of the new order were acknowledged in the presence of the Duke, and the first twenty-four knights nominated by him. The Order of the Golden Fleece was intended as a knight, knightly brotherhood and a friendly alliance of noblemen. Membership was originally intended to be limited to thirty-one, although various Subsequent emperors increased that number to 51 and eventually 70. Requirements included that the nominees be noblemen in name and arms, and truly devoted to the sovereign of the order, the respective bearer of the title, Duke of Burgundy. The principal aims of the order were to promote the glory of God and defend the Christian faith. At its inception, the use of the word order was carefully chosen to instill a deeply held respect for religious orders that was contemporary to be held by other knightly orders. Membership was thus experienced as a strong, holy bond, which one pledged loyalty to the sovereign of the order. Probably one of the reasons that Duke Philip conceived the order was political, creating a band of extremely faithful noblemen loyal to himself and his dynasty. In the beginning, those who received the honors of membership were the highest-ranking nobles of the realm. Thus, the Order of the Golden Fleece outshone all other orders with its wealth, standing, and splendor of the Burgonian dukes. The Order of the Golden Fleece claimed pride of place among all the Christian orders, and later, when the Habsburgs of Austria acquired all the Spanish property and titles, they consolidated this position with even grander accoutrements to accompany the bestowal of membership in this extremely selective order. Philip the Good used the positive aspects of, Greek, of the Greek myth of Jason and the Golden Fleece as a springboard for the order. And upon the order's first meeting, the Chancellor interpreted the miracle of the Fleece demanded by Gideon as a politically correct manner as to receive the Emperor's approval. Being extremely devout Christians, the Emperor laid a solid spiritual foundation for the order and had the outstanding artisans of the day create elaborate and exquisite litigural vestments for the celebrants to wear upon the occasion of the chapter meetings. Additionally, these artists created outstanding robes and collars for the recipients to wear at all festive occasions, past postcards, and books with pictures of capes, and etc. Upon initiation into the order, the newly elected knight laid one hand on the gospel, the other hand on the cross of allegiance, which contained a particle of the true cross, and swore to abide by the statutes of the order. 
He then received the neck chain of the order around his neck. On festival occasions, members of the order were permitted to wear the magnificent robes of the order, which had been crafted in bright red, white, or black, according to the event. For a chapter to meet and conduct business, in addition to the sovereign, four officers were appointed, a chancellor, treasurer, secretary and historian, and a knight-at-arms. With the passage of time, and the transfer of the realm from house to house for a variety of reasons. The treasury of the order was eventually evacuated from Brussels under pressure of the French Revolutionary Army in 1797, along with the Littigerl investments. Some of these treasures are in the Imperial Art Treasure Museum in Vienna, Australia. In viewing these beautifully crafted treasures today, and having an eye of history, one can understand the pride and honor a recipient would have had and knowing the intrigue and political machine of the machinery of the day, one can envision how a recipient would take great care to make his opponents aware of his stature with the emperor. Thus, speculative masons should be all more honored and humbled to have bestowed upon them by their peers the distinctive white lambskin apron denoting membership in our humble craft. So that's the piece on the Order of the Golden Fleece. I'll be interested if I can uh, see if I can dig up what it is that the Star and Garter is about, or the Roman Eagle, and sort of do a bit of a comparison on that. But it gives a good character foil, or not character foil, gives a good foil as to how important these orders were in the old days, and by comparison, just how important the uh, Order of Freemasonry is. I don't know that you can call it an actual order, but uh, at least a fraternity, and the amount of importance placed on the craft both uh, by its members and uh, really what should be outside of the membership as well. We should, we should make sure that we herald who we are and what we stand for. And I think in today's world, that that's very important. So until next week, I've been your host, Scott, and I've enjoyed our time together. If you have any comments or thoughts on uh, the Star and Garter or the uh, Roman Eagle, by all means, email me. I'm at podcast at the Digital Freemason. So until next week, keep the shiny side up.